Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet. ArsenalPodcast.net. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. We're back. Well, it seems like a long break, Josh. I'm Boyd Hilton. This is Sidekick Psychic Josh Landy. Well, I haven't been with you for three weeks. Oh, I God, think, yeah. Because, yeah, you had Sophia, who did a terrific job. Oh, of course. Uh, Alan and Gareth. Uh, yeah. So I missed it. But you were, I, ju- I just want to get this out of the way, because we're going to talk about how great Arsenal were last night and how mm-hmm. great the football has been. Yeah. I There were sort of undertones in that podcast of sort of po- trying to point fingers at the people who did love Arsene Wenger. And, of course. And enjoyed. I, th- I think we all need to move on. Let's just enjoy it. It's not Let's about be oh, real. the Josh, people. Oh, you're only saying that. Listen, to, listen. To, uh, we'll introduce our, our glorious guests in no, a second. But let's let's get you out there quick. Let's just say if this um, season had been a disaster so far, if we were languishing mid-table, and if they'd gone, do you, are you seriously suggesting me you wouldn't be telling us right now that it was all about how brilliant Arsene Wenger was and how everything's been a disaster since he left? Basically, it's it's if, if you, no. whatever side of the argument you're on, you see everything is refracted through that because he was with us for 21 years. This is amazing because he's he's left and yet he's still with yes. us by the way that these conversations yes. are going. We'll talk about that Let's in depth. About it. It We've got birthday. two great guests. We've got two great guests. You're the one who didn't let me introduce that great guest, Josh. I'm it is my fault. We should be better at Gra- this after we should five be, and a half it's, years. Uh, it's unprofessional. Graham Goodkind is here uh, of Frank PR fame and other other. Lots of no, different lots bits of and different pieces. Bits and that's, pieces. that's the fame bit, I guess. It is the fame bit, definitely. And Trevor Harris, commentator, writer, journalist? A journalist would be fair. Only for about <laughs> 35 years, though, boy. I mean, it's not enough. Uh, and both avid followers of the Arsenal Football Club. I'm going to begin with, apart from... Let's, let's, we'll push the, the Wenger obsession to the, to, the, uh, to the back of the agenda. But the most extraordinary thing last night, again, even more so, we mentioned this last time because it was the same, it was a bit less in the Fulham game, but it was still there, that every single game this season, pretty much, the team selection and the tactics have been 
not been great in the first half. And then he changes it, and in the second half, it suddenly all comes together. And, I mean, last night was just extraordinary contrast between the two halves. And every, I mean, we're all going on about everything, in the, the, the brilliant goal that was knitted together, great t- two great team goals in a row in two games in a row, Ozil being brilliant last night. But none of that was happening in the first half. So I'm, I found this completely... Now I'm like, is this... Is this Unai Emery's deliberate technique? Is he deliberately... Lull the opposition. Yeah, lull, setting, not setting us up properly in the first half and coming up with, sl- with, with team selections that don't really work tactically, they don't really knit together, and then changing it, and then it all, become, all comes good. It's, it, it, but it is a thing, isn't it? It's definitely a thing, Graham. Yeah, I think they, um, it's like they take time to get into gear. I think the difference between the Fulham game and the Leicester game last night was I thought we actually had a no outlet on the left-hand side at all. And once that changed, that was when the game changed, really, for me. And I thought, actually, the last 10 minutes of the first half, we started to get our mojo back a bit. So right. we kicked in a bit earlier than yes. it wasn't like they got in the dressing room, he said some words <laughs> of wisdom, and then we came out and were a different team. I think we started to transform in the last five, 10 minutes. They thought, hey, we better get a goal before half-time. And luckily they did. And then in the second half, it was uh, it was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, I mean, I thought after they scored, and they deservedly were leading, they could have been you know more than 1-0 up. Yeah. After they scored, we improved a little bit. To me, the, the key moment in the game was the equaliser. They were going to go in 1-0 up at half-time, having outplayed us. Instead of that, it's one all. We've got all the momentum. And the second half was very, very one-sided, as you said. But it is bizarre, Boyd. I mean... You just wonder why Emery doesn't say to him, look, can we just try playing for the first 20 minutes like we mean it? rather yeah. than get, It's almost like we need to go a goal down for us to somehow suddenly inject some urgency into the play. But I think it's, I feel it's partly his fault, though. Like, I, I credit him, so I'm, like, I'm completely in two minds about him right now because I, I feel it's you know, 10 wins in a row. You can't, you can't argue against that. He's brilliantly... His, his changes always work, you know, and they seem totally logical and sensible. But the initial team selection... Still seems to me weird and like so. I looked at the team selection last night. I assumed after the five-one against Fulham, I assumed he would go pretty much unchanged. Obviously, barring um, injuries, so he had to play Lichtenstein, didn't he? Because Monreal um, wasn't fit, and that Lichtenstein is no clearly, no clearly not ideal. Yeah, Kalasnac well. had a some injury as right. well. Right. Yeah. So apart from that, and bringing back Urzel, which we talked about, we'll have a big, we'll have a big discussion about Urzel in, in a second. But I was. But not playing Aubameyang, for example, I thought was weird because surely we've learnt by now that Lacazette, either of them on their own, I don't feel really worked. And they had three centre backs dealing with our one, and you know we played, we kind of played two strikers, and it worked really well against Fulham. Why, you know, so he changed that, and I didn't really, I get why he felt he needed to change that. And once he, once he, so I feel the initial team selection is part of the issue of why they don't play well for twenty. Or thirty-five minutes. Yeah, if you're if you're being critical, it's it's a massive question mark. Because I don't think you've been, bit, I think you've got to be got realistic, haven't you? The, the, in the first half, as you said, we could have been two or three goals down. Easily, easily. I mean, even the Arsenal highlights, which are you know PR highlights, I, yeah. I would say that go on the Arsenal website. The first four you know highlights they showed in, in, in of the ten minutes that goes up on the website are all Leicester chances, and I think there's a couple of more moves that, that could have been shown. So 100, percent we we as Trevor said, deservedly you know were one nil down, could have been more. You've got all week to prepare for that game, and and in this case, they've had longer than a week yeah. to prepare for this game, and he's got it. You could say he's got it wrong because yeah. you know Leicester tactically for that first forty minutes, and look, yeah, so it's a weakness, but it's a huge strength to be able to show that's come back. I, I, I spoke to to Nigel Winterburn on the on the phone earlier today, work wise, and I said to him, you know, give me a ex player's opinion on, mm. on what he's covering, and he didn't have an answer. He, he said 
there is you know no reason that there should be a situation where it immediately you know, changes at half time and even Awobi in his post match interview was sort of struggling for an answer when he was sort of asked that question about struggling for an answer on the pitch for most of the game as well mate no I thought Iwobi was good in the first, was, in the first be- half it was better than Mikatarian. Mikatarian was good I thought Iwobi was good did he get man of the match over Ozil did he yeah. well, he was posting on social media that wow. he did this Iwobi man of the match award was, which he gave to his I dad it was quite was, sweet it was almost unplayable at times it, it's like is it Iwobi's almost like a new signing because a couple of years ago you would never have gone there is a guy who is going to be a first team Arsenal footballer like when everyone's fit mm. he will be getting mm. selected um and that you have to give credit to, to the manager. I, I have a theory on that, why we get stronger as the game goes on. And I think it's to do with physical fitness a bit. That's why it would we got, you know, look stronger in the last 10 minutes of the first half. Well, that's just Bellerin's answer. Went. Bellerin basically said but that on Sky. It be, I it but it, when you I watch Iwobi. Iwobi talking about him. He looks like a different, you know, a different player. Not, I mean, he's it's, it's got the, still the same skill and technique as he had. Maybe he's more confident, but it certainly looks physically much stronger. Ozil looks stronger like he can sail through the game. I mean, they all look like they've yeah. gone up a notch fitness and there's been a lot made of Emery's new regime there and his yeah. tent or whatever it is built just, just adjacent to the pitches. It, you know, and that's got to have something to do with it. And maybe as the game goes on, that's why we get better because actually we're, we're, we're A, we're miles fitter than what we were and miles fitter than, than the opposition sometimes. I think the problem with that is that when we play as we will be doing in a couple of games, Liverpool, and later we play United and Spurs and obviously City again. Mm. Um, if we start the way we started against Leicester, we'll be 3-0 down at half. It doesn't matter how much fitter we are. Yeah, exactly. The game will be done and exactly. dusted. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, I, and, and I think... Um all so that you know, last night, again, watching it back last night, you know, Jamie Carragher and Graham Souness were saying, you know, that they was, you cannot not... You can't ignore the fact that the decision to mention it again that he didn't pick Aubameyang with Lacazette was weird, baffling, baffling. baffling. And if he, and, and and you're absolutely right. That replicate that first half, that thirty first thirty five minutes where we started playing well, and and it, it can't carry on working like this. I almost feel like we're running out. So something, a lot of things are getting better because the second half was so good, and plus ten minutes of the first half was so good. And our expected goals ratio is getting better, isn't it? Like the actual. So those things, but. I don't think we can afford. I'm, I'm still so I'm incredibly excited. I think it's brilliantly exciting. Is the overall picture? And by the way, I do also think him changing stuff in a very like it's almost like he's got no ego. So even because you know changing stuff pretty quickly as he does, I mean, he didn't change it in the, in, in half time, but he changed it quite soon after in the second half. Mm. It's you're basically saying I got it wrong. I did get it wrong, and you've changed it all around. Yeah, but he, he did something. He did something. But he did something very different. I mean, he did something Wenger would never have done. Right, in a million that's what years. I'm saying. So what I'm saying is. The big contrast for me, apart from all of the fitness regime and all of that, is this has been going on for years that Wenger picked weird teams. You know, a lot, a lot of pun- not just fans like us, but actual expert and, and never changed, never changed it till the seventieth right, minute. Became the biggest joke in football. Yeah. But that was there was truth to that joke, and it was it was a weird, sick joke. How long it took him to change stuff with Emery? He is absolutely sorting stuff out. And 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 I think that and that was a great move. I mean, moving move, yeah. moving Jacker over onto yeah. the left and getting Guendouzi on for the last half an hour was. I mean, Guendouzi also just came on and just totally. slotted in like he'd been playing yeah. for Arsenal for three four years. I mean, you know, looks looks a great talent as well. I think with with Emery though, I think 
our, all our listeners will understand. You work for a company, whatever job you do, and you have a boss, and you've had that same boss for a long time. And yeah. when he goes yeah. and someone else comes in, you are trying to impress from the start, aren't you? You're trying to be noticed. Oh, I'm here. This is what I do. I'm good at it. So I'm not surprised there's been a lift since Wenger left. I think that's natural. My one issue with Emery so far is that I was expecting to see a bit more organisation defensively. I think we look good going forward, but we mm. look pretty good going forward for a lot of Wenger's reign, even the end of it. And I haven't seen that yet. We've lost to the two decent teams we've played. Well, I'd say one very good team in City and one good team with an exceptional player in Chelsea. The eight and teams... Chelsea was close. I mean, you know, yeah, OK. Yeah, unlucky. The, unlucky. The, the rest of the matches that we've played against uh, in the Premier League... Admittedly, we weren't winning at places like Newcastle under Wenger towards the end. So, fair play. You can only beat the team that turns up against you. But they're not the test that we need to judge Emery by. Yeah. The same with the Europa League and obviously with Brentford in the, in the League Cup. So, I, I want to see you know, I want to see us against Liverpool, City, United. Now he's had this yeah, little bedding in period to but make a judgment. But I, get, I agree with all of that. But I think the, the lesson for me with that, just, just with, you know, is that at the very least, we're on a we've slightly improved. So oh, think, definitely, and and I feel like that it, even though you're right, the defensive problems are still there. And teams, every team gets chances against us, don't they? I mean, we you know it, it's, it's the best bet in football. Both teams to yeah. score in every Arsenal it game, is, right? But taking that on board, I still think the improvement is palpable. Into almost mentally, you know, the irony was. You can go on about mental strength for, for a decade, pretty much. But that was one of our big weaknesses in the last, you know, four or five years. I feel that now we genuinely are mentally strong. So when we go a goal, goal down, which we always, practically half the time we do, we come back from it. And they look like they, like they never look like falling apart psychologically, which they always seem capable of. I think a lot, I, I generally think a lot of it comes from their, their, their physical yeah. prowess I, I really think i mean if you're physically stronger you're mentally stronger as well and i think that yeah. helps in your confidence to, to be able to to get back from it and they they do you know and and the difference is that old players we've had a while look actually better and they look better because yeah. physically they're all over the pitch more they're covering more ground they're doing stuff they never did before and you know then they get more confident in their ability as, mm. as such i think there's a lot you know, there's a lot of work that he's doing behind the scenes at coney and probably other coaches are doing as well, that is contributing to this. You know, you're completely right that we haven't really been put to the test. Of, yeah. uh, did, did you see the, the Bellerin interview on Sky? I thought that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I watched it back. It was so interesting, wasn't it? Because I thought, what, almost right between the lines, because he was asked explicitly, Jamie Carrier explicitly said to him, what's different now from, when you, when, mm. from the Wenger era? And he kind of said, well... I am being given the freedom to attack more, but I, I, I'm confident there's going to be cover behind me. And you think, how basic must it have been? You know, I, I, again, I'm not just, I'm not just, um, this isn't all my agenda. I do have an agenda in, you know, justifying my critique of Wenger for the last few years. But even ignoring that, how bizarre is it that only now is, is Peck de Bellerin confident enough to, to be an attacking, a proper attacking fullback, one of our biggest attacking threats, the second most highest amount of assists in, in the Premier League? Because he's got some kind of cover. And I know defensively we still have issues, but at least there's that. At least that kind of thing is going on. He didn't look like he was so happy with the question in a way. He looked like, how do I answer well, it's this? It's a tough one. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, it's Arsene's birthday. Yeah. 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 Wenger, Wenger discovered him really and plucked him out. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, here was someone, and, uh, you know, it was only due to injury to Debushi that he ever even got that opportunity. And so, you know, but then he, you know, was shown a lot of faith and he's. You know, been one of the players that's been the mainstays uh, of our of our team. I I 
I don't know. It, it, you know, his his answer was kind of trying, I think, to not say anything too critical. Of course, yeah, but um, the, that mere fact is, I mean, but he, I don't you know. know is it, you're really suggesting that just because Gwenduzi sort of going to fill in if you if you bomb up on the? Are we really yeah, suggesting we that that didn't Gwenduzi happen? And, and we haven't had those pl- players of that of that caliber in the midfield, particularly in the midfield, have we? I mean, we just haven't. And you know, whoever gets the credit for it, I'm not. I'm just saying it hasn't. It's been a huge absence. I think they've probably, or they definitely have got a system that when someone vacates a space, someone goes into that space, and there's much more of a drill, a much more of a regimented pattern of play than there yeah. ever was before. So yeah. that's probably what he means. That yeah. you know, there is a plan yeah. that when there's space, you will see little yeah. Torreira go into that. Um, you know, the gap that's been vacated by someone going forward, either side. Yeah, yeah. I just sort of wonder. Is I sort of felt. I, I think he was trying to give a very simple. How do I get out of this sort of question answer? Because I can't. You can't believe under Arsene Wenger that there was no aspect that players cover each other when players go forward. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we didn't sit there and watch. You know, n- n- like totally tactical, like without tactics football under Arsene Wenger. It didn't happen. Josh, rewrite. Josh, someone say we did. It. We, we, I don't think there was a complete <laughs> devoid, devoid idea of I mean, watching any tactics. I, I'm just going to leave that no, there. Okay, fine. No, I need to rehash that, but I will leave that there. But don't you think it's bizarre? I mean, I, in the first 25 minutes last night, there were two or three incidents. Uh, one, I think, was Madison, and the other one, I think, was Ian Acho. And on both occasions, they had the ball maybe, I don't know, five or six yards outside of our box, and no one closed them down. This is a, like a basic, just it stood there, so if you fancy a shot, great, have, have one. And that, I find that really worrying, that you have a new coach come in and one of his basic things is, look, we have to be tight on players. You can't allow quality players like Madison and Nacho to be, you know, have the freedom of North London, as they did in the first 20, 25 minutes, and get down both flanks as well. And when we play Liverpool at the Emirates in a couple of weeks' time, you know, I, I genuinely fear, because they've got pace as well, I mean, you mentioned uh, the main man up front for them, but they've got they've got all kinds of other avenues to hurt us. I think that will be a an absolutely fascinating test because I can't see us stopping them scoring. And even in the early kind of or just after it's called the midpoint of Wenger's reign, where <clears throat> excuse me, we kind of he had that policy of okay, you can score three if you like because we'll score four or five because we got Henri and Burkamp and da da da. I don't think that applies anymore. I think that make- I, I think that applies more though. I think I'm more confident that we score. I mean, which we are now scoring, you know, goals frequently. We've got brilliant attacking players, yes. even better, markedly better than late period Wenger. But do, doesn't it worry so, you how open we are? Though, oh, it, I mean, it worries me. But I, I feel that realistically, those players, those defenders that he's got, aren't capable of being reliably uh, a reliable unit to close down. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. So I feel like actually. The focus on that attacking unit saving us is is probably the best bet. And people are saying it about Man United now. I mean, it's interesting. I feel that you know, I mean, Man United's defence is shambolic, and, and they're in this situation where Marino, of all people, is supposed to be the one, the master of building a solid unit and stopping the opposition of that. I mean, they can't do. It I feel like defending generally seems to have gone. I mean, you know, apart from Liverpool, who've, who've, who've sorted it all out perhaps with the purchase of one very expensive defender. Yeah. I feel generally the art of defending has, seems to have kind of collapsed. So I, and I definitely feel with Arsenal our best bet is to, is to play as many of your best attacking players as you can and working out the best way of... of yeah, there's ma- I think your point is there's many more quality attackers about than there are quality defenders. Well, definitely in our the, squad. And right, in, but in, 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 football in general, you know, there, yeah. there is. You know, kind of, true, even yeah. if you look at Liverpool, they've got one standout defender that they paid £50 yeah. million for, but yeah. they've got three or four attacking players that they paid 50 million a piece for or 40, 50 million a piece for. Yeah, 
compete. Yeah. You know, that's the, where the money goes. There is also an argument you can make that you know, the, the foundation of the, of the defence is a central defensive pairing, and through injuries, we don't have our best central defender. No. But do you, do you think it will and make a big difference when he comes back, though, Josh? I, I, do I feel more confident when Koscielny's playing? Yes. Yep. I, I feel more confident, but I still think we'll be very open. I still think we'll be open, but look, you, you could. Look but at I, th- that, I think if we had. On, you can look at that back four last night. You got yeah. no Monreal, and there's no one playing at left back. And I think Lichtsteiner is a quite a significant step down as a left back mm. behind Monreal. No Koscielny probably compared to Holding. That's also a step down. So I think you could you could say if you want to be a positive, you know, positivist looking at that game last night, you go well. There is huge room for improvement, but you know we're getting these victories without our best players, without the back line, with the new goalkeeper behind them, who's looked. I've, fine, I like him. I like fine. him. I don't quite know if he'll. I, I don't know if he'll he'll stick as a number one because I think if he does, then that is signaling the end of, of Czech at Arsenal. I don't and think we can he, play our style of football with Czech. I, mean, I don't know. I think if he's chosen days. him at the start I think he, of the season, he didn't pull him out because of an error yeah, but when he look, had the opportunity to. I think he'll go back to But Czech. we look much better. Just the, the third goal last night started yeah. off with the yeah, keeper. I agree, the yeah. goal against Fulham started off with him as well. You, Czech wouldn't start that. And there were so many moments with Czech when Czech was playing where the other team knew that Czech wasn't very good on the ball compared to Leno mm. and would put him under immense pressure. We looked really yeah. wobbly. But then why do you we think he went that, with Czech? Hmm? Why, why do you think he went with Czech? I think he was, you know, the legacy of giving him a chance. He was the yeah, guy he in the won, job he gave, until... Yeah, he, know, wasn't the, he wasn't the only one, was he? He, gave, he pretty much gave all the old guard a chance to the, yeah. at the start of the season. I mean, even... It, you know, remember how long it took... Um, you know, the midfielder, what's his name? Torreira. thank you. Well, he was only replacing Guendouzi. He was also new. I thought, and I have to say, just on Torreira, I thought last night again, he, he does that. He's a bit of that um, Gilberto type role a yeah. lot of the time, is that he's covering holes, he's covering spaces. Yeah. You know, I'm watching it. I just, I just thought he was phenomenal. The only thing I was a bit upset with, which I did some homework before uh, the match, is that I love his new song as well. You know, oh, his yeah. only, his, his comes, his comes from you guys, only five foot five. Yeah, totally. I checked up, 1.68 metres is his height. What's that in feet? Five foot six. No, that's not true. I'm sorry, it is. I'm five and I was, foot six. I, I was right? really upset I that his song foot... is not actually factually spot on true. I just don't. I think he is five foot five. I don't think. He, I think that's a lie. I think these short players. I think you know. I think they. Look, he that's look the only bit of research I did before tonight's podcast. Always excuse of never making it as a professional for only being four foot six. Yeah, I think the lyrics should actually. I, when I first heard the song, I thought the lyrics were and should probably be. I'm only five foot high. That's that. You know, he's tiny. Who I mean, is the? I can't remember his name. The the defensive midfield player that Chelsea had under Mourinho. Kante. Uh, no, 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 no. Makalele. Makalele. Yeah. He was a similar build, wasn't mm. he? He was a very short yeah. guy mm. and was probably the best there was in that position at that time in the world, yeah. not just in the the Premier League. So there's definitely a place for that kind of player. Yeah, absolutely. Five foot six as well. Oh, I know right. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the... One meter sixty. Yeah. Has any football Same ever? Height. Has any footballer ever admitted to being less than five foot six? Like what yes, Dennis yes, Brian Flynn. Really? <laughs> do you remember Brian Flynn <laughs> yeah, at Burnley? Well, I do remember. He was Brian about Flynn. five foot one, wasn't he? What was he officially though? I'd be fascinated. <laughs> Josh is yeah. on the case already. I, want you... no, I remember reading an article about the smallest sort of professional footballers. Shakiri's got to be. He's tiny. Sure, I bet. Yeah, got Shakiri. <laughs> There's a Qatari footballer who's five foot one. Who's oh, nice. Professionally in Qatar. Nice. Um, definitely I... not Peter Crouch. Okay. Um, <laughs> who, who's got a terrific new podcast, by the way? Not is it terrific? Have, oh, have you not? You know, I haven't no listened to it. No, very good. No. Who was the uh, the guy at uh, Coventry? Terry Gibson was very, oh, yeah, very short. He was short, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember true. one time when they played against United, and he was snapping away at Gordon McQueen, who was about oh, six yeah. foot six. Yeah, <laughs> and he came um, up to about his his navel. While Josh is looking, we'll take a short break. While Josh is looking up short footballers, which is very very important and interesting, <laughs> and we'll be back after this. The Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet.arsenalpodcast.net. And we're back. Josh, any news? I want <laughs> particularly Shakiri. How tall is Shakiri? I'm going to look out myself now. Uh, what, how, how tall is Shakiri? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't have that to hand, but I... Uh, By the way, I'm sorry I'm, for I'm starting off this, yeah, this line No, no, it's very interesting. He's 1 metre 69, which is apparently where it becomes 5 foot 7. So yeah. is this not so right. what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're all lying. They're five, all six. lying. we just got to think of some new lyrics. Minute. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. He comes from Essex. Regardless, never let the facts get in the way of a good song. He comes from Essex, is only 5 foot 6. Kind of rhymes a bit. It's not a great song, and not true either. But yeah, he covered, he covered a lot of ground. He's got a bag for the tricks. He's only five foot six. That no, way. that's good. That's good. Oh, that's very good. Very good. Very good. Anyway, more importantly, <laughs> let's talk about Urza. Mesut. Oh. So um, I got a message today from um, Dermot O'Leary, uh, sometimes of this very podcast. Um, and he said, uh, he would listen to our last podcast uh, today. He's catching up. He's a busy man. And he said <laughs> he feels a public apology to Urza because we were all quite critical of him. And just remember, because against Fulham, he didn't play, and it was our best performance of the season until the second half yesterday. So we did, you know, and I feel like I'm quite critical of him sometimes. And last night, again, Sunas, you know, they're all... But I feel it's... I, I'm happy to apologise, but equally, I do feel that when you see how brilliant he was in the second half last night, doesn't it then partly lead you to think, well, why isn't he doing that more often? Isn't it fair to ask that question? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love him. I think he's a brilliant player and um, some of the stuff he does. And the, my definition of why he's a brilliant player is that he does stuff that you can't really see anyone else doing. <clears throat> why doesn't he do it on a regular basis? I think comes a variety of stuff. I think his sort of brilliance is that is that flitting brilliance, some mm. of it. And it was it's hard. That's, that's his nature of where he comes. I think maybe his heart hasn't been in it as much as it should have been. And I think it certainly seems to... He was certainly in it last night and running around as much as I've ever seen him run around. And then you've got to have a team that's humming and playing. He's, he's, he's not a player that's going to be brilliant in a scrapping team and a right. team that isn't playing well. So I think the better other people play, it yes. draws out the best in him. He's not a player to necessarily pick a team up by the scruff no. of his neck <laughs> exactly. and then do it. Yeah. Um, isn't when, that the problem? That Part of the problem is, and that's not that he's just not that kind of player. So if you like, the other big kind of mercurial talent if you say like Eden Hazard who's having this extraordinary season now he actually can pick Correct. the game by the scruff yeah. and, and change it and I feel like Urza wasn't even doing that last night he was kind of he was being so brilliant and skillful and fluid and do, as you say doing incredible little touches and feints that it, it did transform how, the way we were playing but not in a kind of not in a kind of almost visible, powerful way. Azar, I think, is probably the best midfielder in the Premier League. He's always at the forefront of a game, or virtually always. I think Ozil too often is on the periphery of a game. I think he's a hugely talented footballer, but he winds me up. And I don't think there's any excuse for... And some players appear to be laid back. You get it in all sports. I want to see Ozil perform as a as a main player against Liverpool, against Manchester City, away from home. Yes, I want him to do it at home to Leicester and at home to Fulham and whatever. But to me, I can't... Honestly, I cannot remember since he came to Arsenal 
one starring display he's put in against a top team. I, I really can't. Odd moments, yeah, but not an, a dominant display where you came away from the ground thinking, geez, he played well. I can't think of one. Josh? <laughs> Can you? No, there's no question. I, I need to come up with a, a few examples because I think there have been some, some, certainly some of the games at home. I guess you know we've had five seasons of data yeah. to look back on where you'd go. He has, you know, he has played relatively well. But there's no question. But is is that kind of more a sign of how well we have played as a as a club against the big four or the big six over the last five years? We just barely win. We barely win any of those games, and you know. But he can still assert himself in a poor team, can't he? To look at our best player and go, you know, well, he didn't show up. I guess it's, you know, we we just haven't found we haven't found any victories. Is that because he hasn't, you know, had you know the right uh, you know environment around him? I don't think we can we can say that. I I think there's got to be a level of excitement of him not playing for Germany for us as Arsenal fans this year. Because if he's going to do six, mm. eight less games, mm. he's not going to do travelling anyway he seems to get every third or fourth Arsenal game off for being unwell. Yeah. So he's get, it, it sort of should bode that it this could bode. be his best ever season it for Arsenal. It should bode well. And also, uh, the other key wasn't thing last night is he's playing in, the, in his preferred position. I mean, he has been playing him out, you know, in that kind of slight wide-ish well, it not... seems like only six weeks ago we weren't quite sure <coughs> yeah. what his role this season was, yeah. was going to be. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, the manager's undeniably back to me going, no, you're my best... You're, I think, you know, pretty much one of my best players. I'm going to play you in the best position. And Captain. that means people like, like Aubameyang. Aubameyang being on the bench seemed to, you know... But I don't think it should mean that. It. It's annoying me, this whole thing. I well, think... I think he's decided where his priorities Jamie are. Carragher. And it means playing Meza Ozil in the position he is. No, for, yeah, but you can play... Absolutely. So the priority should be... Mesut Ozil in that number 10 position, or Bamiang and Lacazette can still play in front of the, him in that number 10 position. You can't, you can, or just um, play straight two up front. Straight two up front. Yeah. And, I wish and they did against Fulham. I, I know Ozil Fulham. didn't play, but no, they still played. No, but, but Awobi and you know, whoever. Yeah. You don't need the player. For me, the obvious player you don't need in this setup is Mkhitaryan. And I feel like, it, I feel like he's, it's trying to get him into the team that's causing most of the problems. And I'm, I'm not blaming him. I'm not slagging him off. He's a perfectly decent player, but he's similar to a, he's even, so he's like for me. He's got the urgent issue that he disappears from games quite a lot and doesn't assert himself either. But he's not anywhere near as brilliant as Ursula is. So he hasn't even got that. So at least Ozil has got that innate brilliance. That I, when it comes together, it's fantastic. I think it is. I mean, I think you put your finger on it quite well. Of how important it is to have players playing where they want to play. And I'll tell you a great example of this. And you were talking about. Mourinho and United earlier. Alexis Sanchez, since he's, since he's gone to Old Trafford, has been a shadow of the player he was yeah. at Arsenal. And I think one of the reasons for that, or well, there are two, one is I think he may be a player that's better as a bigger fish in a smaller pond. However, the other one is he's been told by Mourinho, you've been playing down the left mainly. At Arsenal, he could go wherever yeah, he wanted because Wenger knew he was the star. Yeah. And you want to go there, fine. Come back here, great. Yeah. And it's fascinating, isn't it, to watch him looks like a different player at Manchester United when he did it with us. I think, Absolutely. I think the other thing about Ozil, the enigma that is Ozil, is other players. Is that for yes. him to look yes. good, other players I have agree. to tune into his wavelength. Yeah. And if they're not tuned into Ozil FM, yeah. then um, he doesn't look as yeah. the same player. A lot I mean, of look, things have to... Correct. You look at that, yeah. that, that the, the second goal when Bellerin finds that space. If Bellerin doesn't make that run, Ozil yeah. plays the most beautiful ball, which is wasted yeah. if, if actually Bellerin has done that. For that final goal, I mean, he did an amazing dummy, which then the ball went through to Lacazette, who played it back to him, and then he dinked yeah. it over. But you look at that dummy, you look at Maguire's face when he does that, he mm. sells him that dummy. Yeah. Maguire looks... 
completely yeah. gormless. I mean, he does anyway, but he looks <laughs> even more. He looks even more gormless. So, but his but Lacazette was on his wavelength. Yeah. So I think. Oh, that, I think that there's a whole Lacazette Ozil thing going on. But I think for he other loves players, it. as long as yeah, the other yeah, players yeah. tune into Ozil, I think he can be I brilliant. Agree. And when they're not, he looks just. I think you're absolutely dead right, Graham. But one of the things that I do also think, which doesn't get explained by that, he still does it, not as much as he used to when he first came to Arsenal. He's in a challenge with someone. They win the ball from him. He ends up on the floor, and he's mewing at the referee for a free kick. And I'm thinking, it's not a free kick, Mazza. It, it might be in, when you played in Spain or whatever. It's not here. So get up and try and win the ball back, rather than just, like, sulk on the floor. And that's got nothing to do with other players. That's, a, that's an attitude, an individual attitude. Yeah, it's got a few mannerisms that are frustrating and his body yeah. language is sometimes uh, Yeah, those things I feel... I mean, he is very... He has got that arrogance and that kind of slight... He gets annoyed, I think, when the, when those players... When when, as, you, as you're saying, all the other players aren't playing to his level. And I think that when they, when they clicked, as they did last night in the second half, then he's suddenly, like, looks... He's literally smiling and happy. And, I mean, not just the fact that he's playing well and scoring. Look, maybe some... Against the better teams, they're, they're better at dealing with him. I mean, even if you Kasper Schmeichel's interview after the game yeah, last night, he it was an interesting one because yes. usually you expect an opposition player to some you want to put your hands up, go, you know, t- terrific skill. Sometimes there's not a lot you can do, and actually it was like we gave him space. What do we expect? And it was sort of almost self-critical of it his was, team. Yes, it was. Of course, it was. Yeah, and look, you know, yeah, when you give Ozil space and he had the opportunity last night, and some of the balls he just played, the, the one for Bellerin. I mean. No, no one else in our team, I think, is, is going to is going to do that ball. So, you know, for, for, for you know the negatives that come sometimes with his performances, and even when people used to bring up those stats about him being lazy and not running enough, that was largely unproved in terms of the amount of running he mm. does do in the game. I think you know it's his style, it's, it's his it's demeanor. Never been la- yeah, it's never been about laziness for me. It's just always been about. It's just when you. It's just literally for me when you see how brilliant he can be in the in in the and. And it and it does take quite a lot for it all to to kind of help him be as brilliant as he can be. Then then it makes the, when he's not and when you don't and when he's you know he clearly doesn't play at that level for all kinds of different reasons. It just makes it incredibly frustrating. Yeah, and the thing we get frustrated with, I think, as fans just talking about it, is he's not that player that that can do it all by himself. He needs a team yeah, to play with. Yeah, that's right. And a Burkamp, yeah. if we were playing rubbish, a Burkamp would do something. Yeah. Or, or on real, yeah. whatever. Perez could do something yeah. and the game's changed. But, but, but by the way, it's still... not quite he, that. He needs other people to, yeah. to, 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 to play that yeah. off with. But having seen how well he can do last night, I'm now like, right, you know, let's, Look, let's stick with Trevor- that. That gang that ended that, that played brilliantly in that second half for me, it, and I don't care how whatever team brilliant team. I feel like against Liverpool, he can't be cautious because Liverpool, Liverpool themselves are the f- absolute proof that you've got to stick with your brilliant. And I know, and I did admit in the last podcast uh, that when I say play your best players, I, what my slight and I said in the last podcast, I've changed my mind, and you should, you've got to work out a, a system that knits them together. I now feel that. You, the, actually, our best players are the ones that can be best knitted together, and I don't include Mkhitaryan in that. Anyway, Josh, I think you got to, what Trevor was saying earlier. The, the, the tests are to come, and the test part of that is whether Meza Ozil going to yeah going to going to do it. Because if we are going to beat Liverpool at home, I yeah, sure but it would tell. Imagine it would be Meza Ozil having a of course, but it would tell, wouldn't it? If, we're not really taking each game as it comes, are we? By going on to Liverpool, we have got another two games. That's only only one. Well, one one no, league. But I'm game talking about. Me. I'm talking about you know because you're talking about uh, you know Arsenal firstly having to deliver against it, which has been. You know, under Arson in the last couple of years, we were very good at beating teams below us and very bad at beating anyone around us or above us. Mm. So, no, not last season, know, we weren't. If we're, well, yeah, it gradually got worse. <laughs> we didn't win an away game. Um, uh, yeah, I remember. I went, yeah. I went to too many of them. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 you know, against Liverpool, I think that's the first test. And look, Asunes, for all his, 
not he's not usually the biggest fan of Arsenal. He he was right. He said, "Look, December the fifth after we've been yeah. away at yeah. Man United, that yeah. is when we can tell yeah. how but, good this team under yes. Emery." Because if we carry on the last ten performances in the next ten, which I think Trevor, you know, who's a, a, a from the betting world and a stats man, we're not going to get away with it. If you say have Arsenal had more luck and more fortune with or against them this year, it's sure as hell with us. You can say, "Oh, Chelsea, we played quite well and we ended up losing the game," but some of these. You know, games that we've got to win, so we're, we're going to have to improve. Um, and you know, but on the plus side, big players delivering, yeah, absolutely. But on the incredible plus side, apart from the 10 games in a row winning, we've scored two of the greatest team goals in consecutive league games that you've ever seen. And I'm not, I know, I'm not even, I, I just think I, you can, how, how you can just want to watch those goals. Yeah. Was last night's even better than the one against Fulham? I, I think the one against personally, I prefer the one against Fulham, but you could imagine a coach. With a load of you know under sixteens at an academy, sticking that goal on a screen, saying just watch this and just watch what every player involved in it contributes, and it, it's just a masterclass, isn't it? Yeah. From and every single player, it's not just a little pass; it's something that creates an opening, mm. a magnificent piece of skill. Obviously, the finish was fantastic, but yeah, I mean, brilliant. But then we did that. Do you remember uh, Wilshire's goal against Norwich? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we've always had that ability to score. But that those. was a long time ago. True, now, true, twice true. In two games. Yeah, um, twice. And Right. And, yeah. and, and out from the back, yeah. and they both started with the keeper right. as well. You can you say know, as much because people Emery's yeah. trademark style of football. People can, oh, of course, we had some incredible team goals under the previous regime, but it was a long. I feel it was a quite a long time ago since we scored two goals like that, and, and and we had a few other moves in those games that could have led to incredible team goals as well. So I think it is it definitely and what what was so brilliant apart from the joy of the skill involved. And just how fantastic both of those goals were is 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 showing other teams because for a long time now I felt we've had to live with the fact that Spurs, for example, playing been playing better football than us most of the time in the last couple of years. Now I feel like they're not only are we above them in the league, you know, we're playing better football than them you know, at our best, you know, when we when we put it all together and playing better football, definitely playing better football than Man United. But almost it went, you know, when we're stitching it together, we're playing some of the best football around, and that is that's you've got to sit back and go. You know, I'm not just saying this as, as <laughs> to go back to the Arsenal regular issue, but the thing that definitely the you know be careful what you wish, what you, what you wish for brigade were going on about was oh you know Arsenal Wenger Wenger ball has been you know a dream for years, but actually he's doing it. He's knitting together this team to reaching poetic heights, and I think it's fantastic. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, it seemed last night that there were more bums on seats there as well. Um, than there was yeah. certainly in the latter part yeah. of Wenger, yeah. you know, Wenger eras. A... People, I mean, I was, I was, I was actually. I mean, being a season ticket older for forty odd years, I was like really excited yeah. to people, go to a, a game. Palpable... Last night. I generally want to go. It was cold and yeah. it was a bit, yeah. But I, I was like, I couldn't wait to go. Whereas last few years, I was pretty indifferent. And I think you know, there's a palpable sense of of the even though obviously a lot of us are uh, are still going on about Wenger and you know trying to prove ourselves that we were right all along on both sides. <laughs> Um, that ignoring all that, there's just a sense that everyone's excited. It just it just feels happier place, doesn't it? It does feel that way, Josh. Yeah, I think there's, there's clear positivity that, that that comes with a you know a breath of fresh air. And I don't know this. Be careful what you wish for. I, I think there were you know a lot of us who are placed in my camera shame. We, we didn't want to call for the manager to leave, and we weren't saying there's no one better out there. We're saying you know, some people were saying that. 
I mean, some idiots, but they were. Uh, I don't think so. And look, you know, happy birthday to the great man. <laughs> happy yeah, birthday. I hope you had a terrific 69th. I think from what yeah. I understand, someone I spoke to last week who's, who's in the know, he'll be back in a job very soon. He said that, um, I think. He'll be back in the new year. He said, but I know yeah. he's had three offers. That's three? What told, from who? He had at least three offers. Japan, China? Didn't, didn't get more information, but I know he's Big had clubs. offers. Um, I tell you who, if I, I was the know, head of the Belgian FA, so well. I'd, I'd offer him a job. I wish him so well. I desperately mm. hope he, that he goes. And it's, he has the same, that he has a breath of fresh air and he doesn't have the financial constraint of feeling like he you know, owns you know, the money of the club. And I, you know, we'll see what he can do without his you know, shackles, possibly. Um, oh. But of course, it's amazing to have a, you know, the, the positivity. 100% there were more bums on seats. Just looking around the lower tier, you could barely see a spare seat, a few in the upper tier. Um, and that's healthy for the club and it's great to go and I'm going to Lisbon which we should talk about on Thursday you know going for 11 wins in a row and it's of course years since we've you know been talking about 11 wins in a row after we lost at Chelsea Trevor was saying before we came on air the idea that we'd have gone and won 10 games in a row would have been ludicrous we're just not quite that team anymore that can go and do that so huge credit to the manager for you know achieving what what he's achieved in the last sort of eight nine weeks Um, I still sort of fear it will all end up in us being fifth but for as long as it goes, let's massively enjoy it. I mean, that is a good question, isn't it? Do we really feel, because uh, Danny Baker tweeted a funny um, tweet last night saying, oh, you know, could, could, uh, I'm taking this out of Arsenal fans, but they're all now think they're going to win the league because they're, you know, started playing. I don't think we do. do no, we? I don't think we do either. But, but some of us, I think we've got a very good chance of finishing the top four. I, I think we've got a very good chance of finishing off Spurs. I just like our direction of travel. It's a yeah. different direction. Yeah. It's a positive direction of travel. You know, I think the man. I, you know, I like the fact the manager that is is not doesn't seem an egomaniac. Is yes. always plays it down. He doesn't say too much. Love that. Maybe because yeah. he can't. I don't know. His English is still learning. But it's you know, it's just letting the football do the talking at the moment and downplaying our chances as well. And there's quite a humble, quiet guy. Yeah. He. What I like about him in all his interviews, I don't know if you've noticed this. But he always says, like, if it's morning, it was a good morning before he starts. <laughs> yeah. Or good evening. Yeah. Yeah. I love polite. his interviews. I said this in the last podcast. His interviews are the greatest non-interview interviews. He doesn't, doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. And you're kind of listening really carefully because his English is very staccato. And, and, and it's like, it just not, has not said anything about anything. And he, he was asked some quite specific questions by, by Sky last night about, you know, the formations and, you know, do, you know. And he, he kind of goes, well, I could play two up front. I can play. It just kind of talks and then the stream of not nonsense just of nothingness really yeah. but that's fine I mean it's kind of, I'm kind of fine he probably speaks English absolutely perfectly yeah. and just uses that as a bit of a yeah. cover not to have to get embroiled in any difficult yeah. questions just to credit to him he does at least answer in English yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he uses the word protagonist a lot which oh, I'm yeah. never quite sure what it means that's but he always wants us to be protagonists just, just so you know Boyd by the way yeah. talking about um, Spurs and us and finishing fifth and everything yeah. the last odds I saw which were yesterday um, so before the Leicester game, but yeah. I don't think it would have changed that much. Spurs were fractional favourites to finish above us, but they started at the start of the season. They were yeah, much bigger favourites yes. to finish above us. Yeah. So it's it's evened out a little bit, but yeah. we're still twenty eight to one to win the league. So that that pretty much is a is the, oh, a realistic yeah. view sure. of our chances. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't even. But I, I feel like I feel like we're capable of being not this. I mean, we're two points behind me right now. Yeah. So, but I feel we're capable of being in the mix. For most of the season, whereas at some point we were top of the league last year, weren't we? You know, when we I think it's some brief moment. But well, the first game of yeah, the season we beat Leicester. Season, <laughs> I don't feel like before we started, before anyone else had played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
um, you know, or, you know. But even in the times in the last few years where where we've where where we have moments where we suddenly go on winning runs, you know, it's always felt like either it was it never mattered, and it was you know it was you know we weren't in under pressure situations, and we or we always knew we can never in the end sustain it. Whereas now I feel we can sustain something. We can sustain something. Well, our next six league games, three yes. of them are home to Liverpool, home to Spurs, and away to United, and even two of the other six I think are tricky. Sunday uh, at Palace, yeah, and then we're away to Bournemouth, and they start the season pretty well. So I think the next half dozen games Completely. will tell us an awful lot. Absolutely. There's definitely something in it as well. But you know, let's say we've played four games, won four games and got beat by City. Played four games, got beat by Chelsea. It just wouldn't have that momentum. So in a way, you know, clearly those fixtures fell pretty nicely actually in hindsight. Let's get two free hits out of the way. You know, there's a bit of, you know, uh, patting on the back for putting in at least a better performance at Stamford Bridge than we usually do. And it's allowed us to go on this terrific run, which, you know, has got build confidence. You've seen Iwobi become, I think, uh, Mustafi called him the Nigerian Messi after the, uh, <laughs> after the game last night. Trevor, overstatement Trevor, that. Trevor was so, in full agreeance with that. I, I, he's not, not a player for me. But, you know, he's young. He may improve. He's I definitely just, improved. You can't say this. He's, not, he's been around for a while now. You can't really say he's How long has he been? Hoping. How long has he been? He's been a you know, part of the Arsenal team. Well, well put it this way, Josh. Are you, are you crying into your beer that he's... 26 games? Three are, are you crying games. into your beer that he's decided not to play for England and he's playing for Nigeria? Because I'm not. And I don't think many England fans are. Well, I think if your uncle's JJ Okocha, it's very, <laughs> very difficult I think if he ma- understand I think if situation. he maintains this level of improvement, I think... Oh, I, I mean, agreed. Yeah. It's all about improvement. Yeah. To me, he's, he's definitely a player that has flourished under, under Emery and has changed his style, has given him a boost and is, mm. is a much better player now than he was a season. And a hundred percent, he'd be getting England caps if he was, you know, if he had chosen to play. Because look at Danny Welbeck, probably would have been actually, England yeah, game time. True. He's getting, and he's yeah, clearly ahead of Welbeck. Yeah. In You're talking about World Cup semi finalists now, Josh. Uh, you're right. It, it Iwobi could have taken us to glory. Had it had Iwobi chosen England, England might be World Cup winners. God, the Iwobi dream. Um, <laughs> let's finally. You're not off to Lisbon. I'm not off to Lisbon. I thought no. you were going. I was yeah. excited to, to ask you. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going. No, with. we haven't sorted that out. No, annoyingly. Hey, it's just still two days. You've got two days to organise it. Yeah, I think I'm doing something. I think I'm hosting some event or something. Yeah, annoyingly. Well, it's it's also a five, it's 555 kickoff, isn't it? It is a yeah, 555 yeah. six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the trip, Lisbon. And you, I'm sure he'll pick 26 up 26 degrees. It's going to be. Oh, Lisbon lovely. Very lovely away from I would say one of Europe's finest capitals. Yeah. Terrific, and that's where hopefully the big eleven will come up. Yeah, yes. I think you'll see a very different side because um, I think it's a bit of a game that I mean it matters, but it doesn't really matter because we should still finish top two of our group, no problem. We got to play Lisbon at home, and it's in the middle of a congested week, so I think you'll get like the El Nenis, the Smith Rose. It'll be quite a nice team to watch. But I wouldn't expect much of a semblance of the team that will mm. take uh, to the pitch at Selhurst Park on Sunday. Yeah, there'll be uh, be a mix, but um, yeah, even a, even a point, even a defeat, is it? You wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? Because we we are going to sail through this Europa League. Um, but he's played more serious teams than. Yeah, I was going to say we probably I mean, would have yeah. seen this yeah. time last. I think he'll pick a stronger team. I than think in pick. the context of this week. Having a, had a match last night and having a match it's on Sunday. It's annoying we play Monday it's, night. Yeah. We've got Monday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday. It's like a busy week. It is completely. Yeah, I still think it'll still pick a, a strong team. I think it's quite, yeah. I think it's been, so let's let's go for full-on predictions. Trevor, what's going to happen in, against Lisbon on uh, Thursday? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go one apiece, Boyd, I think, that one. One apiece, Graham? I'm going to go for an old-fashioned scoreline and it's going to be 1-0 to the Arsenal. 
Um, I will go 1-1. One, one. I, I agree with Trip. But I think a very credible 1-1. One, one. It will be the end of the winning run. But then we'll just talk credible about... Credible or creditable? Um... Creditable, yeah, um, but it will be seven Premier League wins in a row, and then people will be looking for the eighth Premier League win. I think that's what we'll start talking about: Premier League yes, consecutive yes, wins. Yeah, I agree. In, in I think it's going to be uh, two all. Yeah, and two the big two two two. Yeah, are you going to Selhurst Park Sunday? No, no. One for your Ultra HD. Looking forward to watching an Ultra HD twelve thirty kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. Because Selhurst Park, unlike is it is that still there? Is there? Yep. Unlike Where would Fulham, you like them to be played? I'm just imagining they might have moved on by now. But unlike Fulham, is not a particularly nice ground, is it? Um, it's old school. No, it, there's Trevor's never any route. Is you go in. It's, it's a horrible it's gantry. A horrible there, I tell you, and yeah. it's a nightmare. The only yeah. good news is if you need to do your midweek shopping, there's a Sainsbury's <laughs> right there, there so you can kill two birds with one stone. There. Oh, that's good. That's good. There, there genuinely is a, yeah that massive Sainsbury's on, on the back of it. Getting into that ground is always horrible. There's no yes. room in the uh, sort of in, around the turnstile area. It's always very congested. I, I can't make it, Sally. I've got a wedding. Otherwise, I would have definitely been there. It's not your own wedding, is it? It's not, no. Oh, okay. uh, that's next, next summer. Right. It's, um, I think I'm going to go 2-1 to the, to the Gunners. I think we'll carry on this, these Premier League victories and it will all be sort of built up this mm. run heading into the Liverpool game. Yeah, I think it's going to be 3-1. Palace have done particularly badly, um, you know, especially at home this season. Yeah. Um, you know, could have gone the other way for them if Milijevic. How much should I be pronouncing that? Um, Milijevic, maybe we'll go with that. Um, you know, like they that. were a bit unlucky, I think. Sunday. I thought they. Pl- I actually. They, they, I did, actually, they uh, did okay. Yeah, I thought they played quite well um, did play in the well, first yeah. half yeah. and in a bit of the second as well. Um, they just can't score goals. I mean, yeah, so but I think can. I think uh, Zahar's going to give us. All kinds of problems. I, I'm going to go very pessimistically three all because I think wow. neither side can defend. Uh, it's going to be a goal fest. <laughs> That's why we do these predictions, Josh, for that kind of bold. <laughs> well, I'll have you'll have to put a pound on it now because we'll yeah. be gutted if it is three three. Well, funny enough, I was work, I was working yesterday with a I was doing a voiceover and the guy that was the engineer was a Leicester fan. And he said to me, what do you think the score will be tonight? I said, I, said, I fancy three one. And of course, did I have a bet? No, oh, I didn't. That's annoying. Graham? I, I think so. Palace are struggling to score, um, mm. and um, we're not, and I think 2-0. 2-0, two two yeah. lovely. Well, um, thank you very much to our fantastic guests, Graham and Trevor, and to Psychic Psychic Josh, and that's another Footballistic the Arsenal in the can, Josh. Yes, and we'll be back this we'll be time back next week, and should you want to back the three-wheel draw, it is <laughs> yeah. available at 40-1 to one with Labrick. And if anyone knows exactly how tall Shakiri is, <laughs> tweet in. Or our players, then let us know. Thanks, bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet.arsenalpodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.